0: Tim and Tom Tim Tom. Tim and, Tom Tim and 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 Tom
1: it is Tim and Tom I am Tim Tom is over there on the other end struggling a little bit Tom how are you? I'm not well, man.
2: Yeah, you don't... I'm not well. You look not well. <laughs> I am not well. I just had shoulder surgery. Five minutes ago. No, it was last Friday. As okay. of this recording... Hold on real quick. Let me uh, readjust, because that's going to happen a lot during this episode. My apologies in advance. <sighs> See what I'm saying? It's already bad. Yeah. So... Yeah. uh No, I had shoulder surgery on Friday, I had four different tears in my labrum, and they had to shave down my clavicle. Uh, Just had wear and tear over baseball, CrossFit, MMA, basketball, football, you know, just life over the course of years. Yeah, life. It's been bothering me last five years consistently, but then in the last six months, like unlocking a door was hard. Holding a push-up was hard. Like doing a push-up always sucked, but I thought I just was bad at them. Yeah, it was actually worse. Um, And so once everyday activities kind of started to get on on my nerves, I got looked at, got an MRI. They said you have a torn labrum. Did about six weeks of physical therapy to get all the muscles around this stronger then they did the surgery on Friday. They said that the tear on the backside was so separated that he could stick his instrument through the labrum and the shoulder muscle, like the shoulder bone, where it was supposed to be. That's a lot. Yeah. So Ugh. got six weeks of pillows. It it's called a pillow sling. And then that means I can't sleep in bed for six weeks. So... I've been sleeping on a recliner for the last few days, which is already tiresome. I get about an hour and a half of sleep each time. So like the way the pain medication works is I'm on two different kinds. I couldn't tell you what they are. They're a bunch of things with vowels in it. So whatever. Right. And uh, I take it every two hours and the medicine wears off as of right now, about every two hours. So I go to bed at eight. I wake up at 10, take medication. Go back to bed, wake up at 1215, take the medication, 215, take the medication, 415, take the medication, 615, take the medication. Then I stay up, go to work at 8, try to stay awake because that stuff knocks me out when I take it. So I try to just grind (sighs) through that and then day in, day out.
1: Oh, that's terrible, man. We wish you a speedy recovery uh, over here on the Tim side of Tim and Tom.
2: Yeah, I will say this. The surgeon that did it is one of the best. His name is Dr. Larry Freevert. If you do have any shoulder issues, go see him. He is the absolute best doctor for any type of shoulder injury. He took care, great care of me. Everything went smoothly on his end. Uh, his son, Tommy Freevert, is the guy who's doing my physical therapy before, and now he'll do it after the surgery. Mm-hmm. The combination of the one-two punch with them, I should be back way sooner than six weeks. But, you know, they never want to tell you two weeks and then it takes four weeks, right? Sure. So they'd rather tell you six weeks and it's three weeks. So, so, but so,
1: he did leave his cell phone in your shoulder, right? Didn't you say that? That was a little...
2: Yeah, which is great. I get all of his text messages, which he's a very popular person. So my shoulder is always vibrating. That's fine. And so it has just been amazing (laughs) with that cell phone to my shoulder. Absolutely love it. No, it was fine. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of my reality right now is dealing with the shoulder Making sure at the age of 32 that I take uh, physical therapy as serious as possible because this is the age where it's like if you don't take it serious, you might not ever get it back. Yeah,
1: right. Well, you're not growing any new bones. You're not – you know what I mean? Like you're you're done creating. You've got to maintain. So if you don't heal this properly, then that will be a lifelong problem.
2: Right, so then it's six months from now. I'm getting another scope or something else. So, right, because you're uh, old. Yeah, he made four incisions. It was a it was a scope uh, procedure. So he made four incisions, two on my like right bicep, and then two on my shoulder, and uh, got the fun little stitches. He told I he told me what happened afterwards, but I was in that anesthesia. Yeah, uh, you know, for Michael forget, Jackson forget-
1: juice. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I yeah. forgot everything. Like, yeah. I had amnesia. That's what it's, uh, it's right. anesthesia amnesia. Yeah, and so Emily knows everything. Unfortunately, I'm not staying with her right now. Yeah, which sucks. Yeah,
1: cause she doesn't love you when you're injured. So
2: well, no, she lives in <laughs> the Westport area. I live or I work in the Blue Springs area. I have a father and a mother who live closer to work than she does. So for Purposes of getting to work and accommodating schedules because my dad's retired. My stepdad's retired. My stepmom's retired. My mom works from home. So for all of those reasons, yeah. I've been switching on and that's off nice. front between my dad and my mom's. Yeah. And that's fun. Be 32 and go back to live with your parents.
1: Yeah, well, but it's nice that you have a community of of people oh, that I love a you around you. My grandma's yeah.
2: helping as well. I got friends helping and at work. I got you, friends helping. You
1: are your grandma's favorite grandson.
2: I am my grandma's favorite grandson. Just ask my grandma. All
1: right. So, you know I mean?
2: all right. Well, that's
1: good, man. I, I mean, I, I, it's not good that you're in pain, but it'll be good that maybe you get fixed up and on the mend and getting better. Uh,
2: yeah don't ever hurt your shoulder guys just don't That's my advice. just don't do it it.
1: here's some good advice though stick with us uh, through this segment into the next break uh, and on the other side of it because we have nick jacobs of 41 action news we're gonna get a little kansas city sports update uh chiefs are doing uh damn good so far this season so we're gonna talk to somebody who knows a lot more what they're talking about in that field and nick jacobs but that's later on in the show uh, what else Definitely. We got? And
2: we get some Royals inside as well. So That's for true. the baseball fans out there, that are just not focused squarely on the chiefs and want to know what his thoughts are on Hosmer and Moustakis and all those guys. He gives us some insight on that, especially some, uh, uh information from Dayton Moore, uh, that he received, uh, from press conferences and things like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, that's going to be a great interview. As always, we do that first because we want to get our guests in and out as quickly as possible. We can't speak more highly of this interview. It was great. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I had shoulder surgery. We got an interview with Nick. What have you been up to? Let's share your side of this story.
1: I am living the soccer dad lifestyle. That's a thing, right? I'm going to start that. Do you make shirts? I don't. They have their own shirts for their team. They are the sweaty armpits. uh, Is their team name? Yeah, that's their team name.
2: That is uh, their real... Who's the coach? Uh,
1: it's a gentleman. That, you know, I, I don't know if he wants his name out here on the podcast. But, but I'm he's saying, a, is
2: it a friend?
1: I No. So, well, we live up here in, in uh, the Piper School District, like I've mentioned. It's a, you know, North Kansas City, Kansas area. Uh, and uh, they did not have enough players for the fifth grade, which my son is in, uh, to play. Uh, so they... Uh, shipped him basically down to one a little bit further south. So we didn't know any of these people. And this team has been playing together for years. So we're kind of the new, you know, the new family in and in, in on that. But uh yeah.
2: yeah um, and they got a cool name. So you got like put with the cool team. Right. Sweaty armpits. And yeah. Well, co- it's a cool name. Like it's not, no offense, but it's not like the Tiger.
1: Right. Or the exactly. Bears. Right. And they have a sponsor. There's a business name. Again, I don't know if I should say it, but you know what I mean? And it's you know that's their official uh, and then whatever then their nickname is the sweaty armpits uh, oh, yeah. right great. and so so uh but yeah i'm a soccer dad hashtag soccer dad right we hear about the soccer moms a lot but uh let's talk about us soccer dads no um we did that he had a soccer game saturday and uh for a second i thought he might be uh might have suffered his first concussion uh this okay it's fifth grade soccer right you're not you know it's you've seen even though you're not a parent you probably did this growing up and you've seen this it's the city league youth sports mm-hmm. right so the the coach shows up teammates start scraggling in one by one they try to do a pickup warm-up practice mm-hmm. as you show up uh, we're there game time hits and nobody is there from the other team not a single Uh-oh. person. And so our coaches are out there at midfield just kind of talking while while our guys are playing and two guys walk over like two kids that are obviously older than the fifth graders but they've got on soccer gear and they're just kind of like hanging out and he's like are you guys with the team or something they're like no our brothers or something whatever you know they're like they're on that team they're, they'll be here in a few minutes and it, within 5 minutes the whole team shows up right like I don't know if the coach went around and picked them all up in a van but they <laughs> all show up and they all know what they're doing right it immediately i mean within a couple minutes we're down a few scores i was like what is going on right like it was like what did he like r- did he get these kids out of some south american nation
2: and bring them in here like i don't know like they look like ringers right
1: right uh, you, and they,
2: they they showed up fashionably late it wasn't a ragtag team right. they no. just showed up fashionably late because they knew what was going down
1: and just boom just went at it and uh Uh, And then the the game kind of evened out. If it was a second-half game, the sweaty armpits would have won. But, you know, they kind of got too far behind. There you go. But these kids, these other kids, were were playing real physical. And, uh, you know, these things are officiated by, like, high school kids, you know? Of course. Uh,
2: Getting $10 a game. Right.
1: So it's wildly inconsistent. And these refs did not care. I mean— kids getting thrown around bodied all over the place and my son was you know what i mean he was battling but by about the eighth time i see him get you know what i mean just straight knocked over i was like hey like you know what i mean i was like come on and like he landed hit his head on the ground immediately kind of looked over at the coach and was like hey i gotta you know what i mean like i could tell i was like uh-oh so I went over and talked to him for a second. He was all right and got back in the game later, even,
2: uh, and seemed to be fine afterwards. But uh, sports, man, so, that's how that works. So they're not doing the uh, concussion protocol in fifth grade soccer. Well, I like,
1: went over and asked him if he was all right. What more do you
2: want from me? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, hey boy, you good? Uh, Wipe some dirt on it. Get back out there. Right.
1: We um, Saturday didn't do much. I had to work a little bit, and then you know we're big K State fans. We had to suffer through yet another loss uh they suck this year and then there was a couple rain delays the game was supposed to start at 11 didn't start till like 230 and then got rain delayed or not rain delayed but lightning delayed uh midway through so that kind of was boring um yeah. and
2: it's k-state so that's even boring
1: yeah even more boring exactly it's well that's part of the problem uh sunday of course was the chiefs game we know how that went and we'll talk more about that in the next Thing, but uh, I'm we are working on a bench at our house. We've got this real sturdy bench that's got multiple parts to it. We took it all apart, sanding down the
2: wood. Going to repaint it. Repaint wow! It right. look yep. at you, just yep. being the the everyday dad, the yep. all American right. dad. Well, we need and to then put you in some khakis yeah. and a polo, and well, put you in a JCPenney's well, catalog. Well, I uh, so then the, tonight
1: I went to my daughter's uh, eighth grade uh, conferences, parent teacher conferences. And oh, uh that sounds like the worst. And she got straight A's, so it wasn't the worst.
2: Oh, so that uh, sounds the best. I was just thinking of uh, me as a student. Oh, oh I know. It like well, I was I, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was yeah. Well, so uh she always does this. I mean she does amazing well at school, is always getting straight A's on a roll. But every time we go, for the longest time, my wife for a couple different reasons, either out of town one time, was sick one time, last three or four I'd say conferences uh that are in this middle school setting where it's like all the teachers in a gym and you just kind of go up to one uh it's just been me and my daughter and so i go in there like all right well how bad is this gonna be right level with me before we get in here and she just you know she's like whatever shut up you know i got straight a's and i was like i was like how many detentions
2: dad all right
1: i was like how many detentions what you know what i mean and i roll with it it. doesn't
2: matter i got a's
1: i go out to embarrass her I asked the teachers, I'm like, All right, so what what's the deal? How many spit wads? Is she you know what I mean? I'm like, What's going on? She's talking too much and she never says a word. You know what I mean? Like she's too busy being smart. To be over here talking, you know, and they all, you know, kind of like, yeah, no, she, you know, like, I don't know why you're here really even, you know, like, you know what I mean? They're like,
2: well, then yeah, do you start fine. bragging? Because I would, I would like put her on my shoulders and run her around the school and be like, this is the smartest woman alive.
1: No, we do. What I, what I do though, is I start fishing for the compliments about my parenting at that point. Right. Uh, you know? Okay. So I'll be like, yeah. Once, yeah, I'll be like, you know, I don't know why we come here, I guess. And they're like, well, you know, it's because you come here. for reasons like this. I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You know, like you're you're clearly a smart person. You're educating the future of our of our nation. So I, you know, I might have to agree with you on that one. <laughs> no, I do a lot of that very tongue in cheek and kind of give her a good time, and then we, you know, take her out Is to Is it tongue in cheek? To <laughs> no, I mean it's tongue in cheek, but I'm also, but I mean it. You know, I just my tongue's <laughs> so, in my cheek. I'm so right. then it's not tongue in cheek. It's, <laughs> so it's it's meant to be my, real. My tongue's in my cheek, but I mean it. So. <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then we take her out like she wanted to go to Panera afterwards, you know? So, uh, yeah, so you that like was fun. Panera? Do what?
2: you like Panera? Yeah, it's not bad. It depends. I hate it. Oh, really? I love the food. Hold on. Okay. I oh. love the food. <laughs> okay. I think the food is great. All right, okay. I I will never go inside a Panera again. Oh, it is okay. such a cluster mess hmm. inside of that place. I can't stand it. You like get your order from someone who's not making eye contact with you. Yeah. Then you just stand in an area and hope that this thing buzzes. Mm. After that, then you're taking plates and silverware, not like plasticware and paper plates, like real stuff. <laughs> yeah. And you've got to find a seat which Every Panera has four seats for 30 people, and we're all just staring at each other hoping we leave. And then after that, you're eating while other people now are waiting on you, and you're not even sitting with your party because the other person had to get a seat on the other side of the room. And then you're (laughs) having to, like – Gram all this food just down your throat as fast as possible, just throwing it down, inhaling it, and then you got to hope like, okay, can someone else get a seat? And you make eye contact with someone else waiting while they have an apple in their hand or something and some chips, and then you go like, okay, you're going to get the seat. And you jump up, and then someone else takes it, and they laugh at you, and now you feel like a jerk, and then you're putting the silverware in your plate where you don't even know where it goes, and then you get out of there? Oh, I feel so anxious when i'm there every single time
1: uh special message for any panera officials if you would like to advertise on tim and tom we will retract that statement immediately all right uh i love the the
2: blue springs that has a drive-through that i go through all the time i love the drive through panera
1: now we got it to go but we did go inside because we're in a drive-through it's one up here at the legends and um it was six o'clock, so it wasn't as busy, but we also weren't trying to sit down anyway. Oh. But I do hate, you do stand in the area that's like this tiny little hallway on yeah. the way to the drinking fountain. And you and don't it's know like what's going on. Everybody's got to walk to in walk front, walk front of you. you. Yeah, like everybody's walking in front of you to get to the drinks, and you're just like, sorry, man, I'm just waiting for my food.
2: And then they say the food like this. They're like, uh, Tim, party two. Yeah, yeah. Like, What'd you say? Tim, party two. Tim, I yes. didn't hear you, sir. Yeah, Tim, sir. party two." Tim, party two. I'm it's just fucking gonna soup and bread. Just and it grab it. Mine.
1: Just take it. It's soup and bread. You know what it is. Just take it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's just, ugh. I love their food, but I hate Tim, the construction of that place. Tim, come get your pound of bread. <laughs> all yeah. right. Let's get, and then when right. they asked for an apple, I remember laughing at him the first time. They're like, and for your side, do you want chips or an apple? And I said, why would I want an apple?
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, they go, well, you can have an apple. I go, well, why would I do that? <laughs> Why would I buy an apple from you? All right. <laughs> yeah, I can go to the grocery store and get an apple. All right. No, I, now I do. So, Tom,
1: what what do we got to talk about this week? What has happened out there? Before we hone in on Kansas City and we talk about some sports and we talk to Nick Jacobs from 41 Action News, uh, which is a great interview coming up after this break. But what else? What what on a larger, zoomed-out scale has been going on?
2: I mean, obviously, my shoulder surgery is making headlines, yeah. but if we're going to get outside of that, because we have already covered that, uh-huh. and you can send your well wishes to timandtomkc at, at com. Feel free. Uh, I guess, unfortunately, we have to get serious here, don't we? Do we? I think so. Okay. I think it's the Harvey Weinstein uh, news, right? Ooh, like That's yeah. the biggest news story of... The week, weeks, right?
1: right? Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. All right, so what's what you take? your
2: take on this? Well,
1: I mean, I I think Harvey Weinstein is clearly one of many who have perpetuated the old school Hollywood mentality of, you know, producers, you know, hey, I fork over the bill, you want the spot in your movie or whatever, right? I mean, that's that's been a, a Hollywood cliche since Hollywood began. And I think, you know, I mean, he's one of many, and they caught some guy who's kind of a dick and an asshole and, you know what I mean, used his power and influence to – To do many things, you know what I mean. I don't even know the full extent of of everything everybody's claimed on him, but some of it's
2: yeah. There's uh, up to uh, up to this recording, there has been 35 people accusing Harvey Weinstein of some type of sexual assault. mm -hmm. I think because you know we get into this team mentality, and we've talked about it off air and a little bit on this show, where it's like every issue has black and white team right not colors of like people i'm just saying it's either you're on this side or that side you're team a or your team b right and right. so obviously harvey weinstein we all can't get behind that there is a monster in hollywood that needs to be you know exercised from this community it has to be a well look at liberal america and what they do because they tell us with heart or with Donald Trump and all these people that we're just as bad, if not worse than all these, you know, people that say support Trump. Right. And then they come back and say, see, look at you guys, which mm. I, I that part makes a little bit of sense to me because you have these Midwestern families in, you know, Green Bay or Kansas City, Kansas, mm. Kansas you know, all these places that say like you East coast and West coast elites tell me how to live my life and to accept this and do this and change this yet. Here's one of your most powerful people and look at how he lives his life. Like don't tell me how to live my life when you can't even get your own stuff together. So I think there's a point to that. I guess my bigger issue is, is like even Harvey Weinstein, a guy who is a sexual predator And uses his privilege and power to get what he wants. We can't even all get behind that, like, getting him out. It has to be, well, guys, you know. And it's like, can we not just all get on one side of an issue?
1: Yeah. Like, why can't we all say, hey, this guy is a fucking dickhead. He's an asshole. He's a sexual assaulter. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, Like, why does it have to be a, oh, well, like, yeah like to your credit like uh or to what you're saying here is the we'll call them the Fox News crowd like you said I jumped all over this because Weinstein was a huge
2: democratic supporter a campaign funder Uh, And even more so than just the, like, politics of it, uh, Hollywood, he was supported by many of the power players in Hollywood, George Clooney, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, like, those are hugely influential and powerful people that were saying, Harvey Weinstein, hey, buddy, you're the best. And they all, allegedly, as Mm -hmm. of right now, Mm -hmm. reporting wise, Mm -hmm. are went along with his attitudes and actions. And so it's. Like I get what they're saying, but I guess my point is, is like, yeah, hey, man, people make mistakes. But what they did is they said you're fired from the Weinstein company. You're removed from the Academy Awards, like not to do tit for tat. But what are you doing about that sexual predator that we all are talking
1: about? You know what I'm
2: saying? Yeah. And the whole thing is like, okay, yeah. When they
1: said, ah, look, Trump. Said, I'm going to grab some you know what? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then they go, oh, well, now Weinstein did this. Why aren't you saying anything? Well, they didn't say everybody on the Democratic side is infallible. And you know what I mean? like. But that doesn't, like, I don't know. It, it just didn't have to come to that. And to me, it, what you saw that phenomenon of, like you said, even the male's. Uh, of Hollywood applying this guy it's because it's the rich guy paying for everything that's part of how our system works oh yeah uh, you have to kiss ass to these rich corporate goons in almost every industry status, to yeah. keep your money yes. coming in in almost in the, every industry and in almost every walk of life
2: so and that but, go that crosses the political lines i mean that's true but credit to these people who had the guts to come out and oh, say yeah. like, all right, this is my this might ruin me here, this might, you know, take my career a left turn there, but I'm gonna say this because I've had enough. And credit to real reporting from the New York Times, you know, the failing New York Times as they would tell you, and all of this mainstream publications that are always crooked and looking for their own angle credit to them for saying, we have a story here and we're not going to be bullied Mm -hmm. because there've been stories in the past that have been silenced from money from Harvey Weinstein and supporters. But the New York times, this one specifically had said, no, we're going to run with the story. We have enough evidence. We have enough people willing to put their name on the line And we're going to run with it. So credit to journalism, I guess, also in this for not backing down and saying, like, well, we can't because we don't do this and we won't get that. You know what I mean? Well, and the larger point here,
1: too, is that this happens in every walk of life. It's just with Hollywood, it becomes a little more overblown and on this larger scale because there is so much money in Hollywood. There is so many there is so much power concentrated in the hands of a few people. Mm-hmm. and that goes largely unchecked and also the people that that are abused by those people because they need that people's power and influence are right. also in an industry where they're immediately replaceable because there's a hundred people behind them willing to do the same oh, thing less. for worse right you know what I mean so it's uh it's kind of a rough you know the 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 potential for that to happen is just so it's fanning the flames there you can't I mean so that's where it gets so overgrown, overchecked, where we're hearing stories from Terry Crews even saying people are coming up and grabbing his junk. I mean, like... What, well, and that
2: goes into, yeah, I mean, this has many layers, I think, that uh, are going to unfold. I mean, not to get into another story, because it really hasn't been reported 100%, but there's already rumors now of Louis C.K. doing some inappropriate things that people man, have been hushed about over the years. You think that's true? Years. You think it's true? I mean... I mean Look, I've never. Uh, so I come from a background where I had a girl in high school say that I raped her. Right. Yeah, so right. and obviously I never did. Right. Right. So I know what it's like to be falsely accused. Right. And like for people to be like, hey, you're a jerk. You're a dick. Spit on me. You know, call me the worst names possible where I knew a million percent. I didn't do a thing, right? Right, It was her for a situation that we won't get into her trying to save face in, in this relationship that had ended yada, yada, yada. So that always runs through my mind now also, and this is for a bigger point than just sexual assault, but typically where there's smoke, there's fire. And when there's more than one and more than two, and then person three doesn't have anything in common with person one. And then person two doesn't have anything in common with person six. That's when you go like, maybe there's something to this. Well, and
1: even now they go back and go, Oh, well, look at this from 10 years ago. You, this person was saying X, Y, and Z now, you know what I mean? So it's pretty clear. I mean, you know, yeah, you can say in name that our justice system is innocent until proven guilty, even though that's you know. Uh, but it, it's sometimes it's pretty obvious, right? I right. Mean,
2: so. You- but with the sexual assault thing, I mean, I think this is a slippery slope where we're gonna have a lot of heads fall. I think Harvey Weinstein was the tip of the iceberg. Like I said, we're already hear- hearing yeah. rumors and you can just read it on Vice and other publications. Louis CK might be next. After that, there's gonna be other you know, what, you know big name Hollywood guys. So you know what? good. Yeah, I mean, that's the way you get this out of the culture right. is you call people out on it. Ben Affleck already had to apologize for groping a TRL host in 2004. Right.
1: I mean, like, you know yeah. What I mean? So, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's going to suck. And obviously with this, because people are crappy, and let's be honest, they are. Yeah. you're going to get a lot of falsely accused people. And that's where it upsets me because I've been on that side where it's like, no, no, man, like I might've done something to that person, but this person here I never met and they're just trying to get money out of me. Like that, like the Miami dolphins coach that we talked about right, last week. Right, You know what I mean? So <sighs> it's going to be, it's going to be a lot on us as a society to, to, kind of go through the crap and realize what's real and what's not but then it's also like you said a good thing because yeah now we need to get rid of this crap you can't just walk up to women and grab them like objects or for god's sakes one of the harvey weinstein stories was he masturbated in a plant at a restaurant in front of a woman like we can't have that
1: yeah stop doing that you it's are so, like, like see and at that point it's about power like there's clearly something wrong because you've got the money and the well, fame to get whatever you, yeah. you you know what I mean like it has
2: to just, do with power and then also think about his way of life how many women didn't say no right think of that oh yeah how many think, how many think of how many women just said right. yes on the first time right and and how many like he was probably batting a thousand that week you know what I'm saying yeah. speaking as getting the women goes so his delusional ass probably went to, well, obviously this is step two. And no, it's not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, and uh, it's so weird when some people are just so allowed to be so unchecked because of money power and, the power money. and influence for so long. But um, switching gears a little bit, I just thought about this. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but it's kind of news here in Kansas City, the story mm-hmm. of Lamont McIntyre. The guy who's in prison for what seventeen years?
2: Yeah, you told me that, that your mm-hmm. wife had worked on this case in some yeah. form. So when she so was tell a... me a little bit about this. All I know is that he was falsely accused of a murder, mm-hmm. and then the American Society Project. Well, there's well, many worked things. On it or something. I, I don't know
1: who was working on it most recently. My wife used to work uh, uh, for the Missouri Innocence
2: Project. That's what it is, American Innocence Project. That's what I was thinking uh, about.
1: Yeah, right. So. Um, She had worked on that case numerous times and used to tell me about this case and several others around here uh, as just blatant, right? So the story is uh, somebody gets killed. The only evidence they have is eyewitness testimony saying, well, the guy kind of looked like somebody in my whatever, you know, and and Mm -hmm. said it kind of looked like this guy Lamont. Well, that's basically they took that and ran with it. And kind of basically what it boiled down to is, Police work is hard, and when they think they've got a case, oh, yeah. even if if it's not, if, even if they don't believe that's who really did it, if they think they've got a case that they can win and shut it and move on, they will. And as ugly as that sounds, and as conspiracy theorists as that sounds, um, my wife has done a lot of this, and and I've kind of you know researched some of this, like. It, it happens a lot right
2: I mean these oh, people yeah. Are, yeah, one of the shows that I discovered recovering from this shoulder surgery that I never heard of uh, have you heard about the show called the first 48
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah I totally get it yeah. like now obviously you should do your due diligence as a cop and mm-hmm. as a person of society to like understand facts if you're a jury member yada 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 but what I'm saying is like I watch these cases and obviously they're edited for TV mm-hmm. but you see x y and z and you go well yeah Jeff so, did it, or Tim did it, or Bob did well, it. You know what I mean? And, and you're I like, know. Yeah, of course. And then maybe or maybe not. Well, it's weird. And so
1: they rush to that. And then I know from my father being a police officer in town, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not where we grew up. Uh, and. You know, it's not like he wasn't <laughs> enemies with the district attorney, right? And mm-hmm. and the judges and that kind of stuff. So, you know what I mean? He could just literally go in sometimes and be like, this guy did it. And it was kind of done, you know? like So, uh, that happens. And then the problem is, uh, it was very clear. I mean, I, I didn't even need... To see but a few things that she showed me that I was like, well, this is clearly enough to say this isn't enough to throw a man in jail. But the problem is right. once you have that conviction, it is so much harder to go back and reverse oh, it. Oh, yeah, because they want to keep it.
2: moving on. It's always the future. They don't want to look in the past. Well,
1: and it has to be brand new stuff. It can't be. Mm-hmm. Any, so a lot of times they'll have something that you're like, well, this this should be enough. But they go, eh. But it's not mm-hmm. enough, you know what I mean, to register as – a new thing and it won't be enough to to strike a deal so they won't even fire it up because it costs whatever and yada 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 in the court system and it really sucks that people can do that and then they come out and there's nothing. This guy, 20 some years, I can't even remember, it was either 17 to 24, I can't remember because a lot of these cases fly around in my head right now, but uh, Mm -hmm. his whole young adult life is gone is gone well he's got no job skills he's got no resume he has a conviction on his record
2: when he went in and the world he came Uh, out cell phones cell phones weren't a thing when he went into prison and now it's the way of life and even
1: that technology stuff aside i was reading uh, the words of one guy who got out after 17 years and he said well, it's just that it moves so fast. In prison, everything's slow. You grow accustomed to the right. same thing every day, and it's just this pace. And then you get out, and everything's—I mean, you got to pay bills. You got to do all this. Like you did not do any of that. You've got right. no marketable skills. You still have a conviction that pops up if they do a screen. You
0: mm-hmm. know what I mean?
1: Whether or not they know your story or not, there's still a conviction on your record. Uh, some oh, yeah. states it- will give you some monetary. Uh, you know payback for that some won't Missouri I think will give you $20 for every day you spent in prison if you were cleared by DNA evidence which this wasn't uh it's just annoying you know like I'm like you can't like you did this to to these people and we can't make sure they've got something going on why isn't there paid job training like what are we talking about
2: yeah like, it, it's what? difficult that's why you know not to go off on another tangent but that's why when you hear of repeat offenders, one of the things that they're doing is, you know, they commit a kind of a lower level crime. They spend, you know, six months to a year, whatever it is they get out. They don't know how to function in life again. So the only normalcy that they know is that slow pace of a jail life. And Mm so Everything they provided. rob a bank or, you know, fill yeah. in the blank and go right back because yeah. now that feels more comfortable and they can understand mm-hmm. how life works in there. And that's a sad kind of reality, but it's true. Um, so, yeah, but going back to this case, it, it's going to be difficult. And, you know, when these people are found innocent after being guilty for that long, yeah, like you said, they have no job training. The, the world is completely different, especially with how fast things have moved in the last – 15 years so i can only imagine so hopefully he can get on his feet get some money from the state take that money and use it to you know get some job skills get some training things like that and find a way to you know get back to life
1: i tell you what though if you look at and actually spend some time looking at the details of this case and how easily they sent this guy away to prison with mm-hmm. nothing with absolutely yeah. nothing with right. the ease that it did mm-hmm. it's scary because what oh, why yeah. not you. you why not you or anybody that you know and it's messed up that they can do it so easily and just ruin people's lives like it kind of sucks and it sucks that it happened here uh and it's not the only case and probably won't be the last but uh it is good to see he's finally out at least you know At At least least Justice has been
2: served, and now he can know what it's like to be a free man. Now, whether he adapts to it or not, that's kind of on him and his support system. But hope the best for him, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, all right, man. What what, do you want to take a break and talk to Nick? What do you want to do? Yeah, let's get into this Chiefs and Royals a little bit and talk about – uh, how we're going to win the Super Bowl and the World Series and the all the other championships in this town because we're a barbecue-making, championship-winning team town. Come on with it.
1: I like it. We're going to do all that when we come back on the other side of the break to Tim and Tom.
2: Fun fact, the Golden Gate uses the largest bridge cables ever made, long enough to circle the world more than three times at the equator.
0: Tim and Tom. Tim. Tom. Tim and 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 Tom.
2: And we are back. Oh, boy, do we got a good segment for you here. As we talked about (laughs) in the first segment, we are joined by a good friend of mine, Nick Jacobs of 41 Action News. Uh, Nick, are you there?
3: I I am here. And yeah, because I mean, I still have fond memories of us watching uh, Raw on Monday night Mm -hmm. and eating uh, Papa Murphy's pizza down there in Warnsburg when we were in school together for broadcasting.
2: Yes, definitely. I remember uh, also watching the uh, old episodes of Entourage. Well, I guess they weren't old at the time. We were watching current episodes of Entourage, yeah. but I also remember that as well. Exactly, But See, that is not so, what I mean, we to talk about.
3: Entourage is just a quality show, but I mean, now it's moved on to Ballers, which is just the it sports is. version of Entourage. So. Do you like Ballers? Are you a fan of Ballers? I am, and they follow me on Twitter, so like, I have to plug them. I feel like I have to plug them since so they follow me on Twitter. And I looked, they only fought like 75 people. So I, as one of my friends reminded me, they, he said, you're probably the only person that's giving them a positive review, and that's why. I was like, you're, yeah, that's, that's probably true, but I still love the show. Your sure top 100. does to a good job on that, and it's got the rock. So you, as you and I both know, man, that guy can carry anything.
1: Hey, man, you made their top 100. I'd sell it, man. You don't got to qualify that at all. <laughs>
2: Do you think the rock is the most charming person in entertainment? This is a side question, but you brought up the rock. And so I just want to know, because like, obviously we're wrestling fans, me and Tim, and you know, we did the Spanish announce table and all of that. And now we're getting Mm -hmm. more into an entertainment field. And it still feels like in this world as well, like the rock is the most charming person. Is there anyone more, I guess, universally liked than the rock?
3: Well, I mean, don't ask uh, don't ask Tyrese about that. Apparently, <laughs> from what I've seen recently, but probably don't ask him about that. I feel like he may have a different answer, and maybe maybe Vin Diesel, if it's actually legit and they're not trying to promote something that's going to come out at some point, because it seems like that, The Rock would know better than anybody how to do proper promos to mm. get attention, since he works in an industry that is smart like that. So no, I mean, yeah, it, it's just uh, the thing that impresses me the most is how social media savvy him and his team are and how he's constantly on there, constantly interacting with people and making them feel like they're a part of his success and that they helped him get there and that they're, they're a part of it. People just, people love that and the smart people that get that that interact and do that type of aspect, they're always going to have bright careers. And the Rock, he's one of those people, he gets it, man. And that's why, like you said, he's probably one of the most uh, electrifying man in social media.
2: It's incredible. Like, yeah, I was just thinking about it earlier today because I saw him post a video where he was working out or something, and it was just all positive comments. You know, typically when an athlete, you know, like a J.J. Watt or something will do a workout video or something, people are like, oh, you're only doing, you know, 400 on bench. You should be doing 415. But with like The Rock, everyone's like, oh, that's so amazing, man. When's that shirt come out? It's he's yeah, he's just something totally different than everyone else.
3: And, And that's because he's willing to connect with people. I mean, you don't hear negative stories of him talking down to people, or being that guy. Because as, as you bring up entourage, I mean, I know I've heard stories over the years about Jeremy Piven, like he wouldn't leave tips at restaurants; he would just leave box sets of entourage. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I would have enjoyed it and appreciated it, but I know there's a lot of other people that probably wouldn't have. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, The Rock man, he uh, he's one of those people that gets it.
2: Well, let's get into now what we're talking about here. So uh, you are a content provider for 41 Action News, but I want to get more into your Snapchat. Your Snapchat is one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. You actually break down, for people who haven't seen it, you break down the Chiefs basically like – Game film, how did that come about? What made you want to decide to like do that? Because that's something where, you know, you hear people give Chiefs takes about, oh, Alex Smith should throw the ball more downfield and all that, but they don't like have an insight like you do. So where did that come from? And then why did you decide to kind of break down film like you do?
3: Yeah, well, I'd say the biggest thing is with Snapchat is that it's a medium that it's still untapped in a lot of regards to where it's going to become something big. I, I still think it has the possibility to be something really big down the road. And Snapchat does a really good job of combining people for storytelling in that aspect. But, I mean, with, with the TV background, I, I understand what people want, what people, um, what, what people are interested in. And in, in this day and age, in terms of the NFL or a lot of sports, fans want to learn stuff. People that follow you, whether it's on Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, they want to learn something about that industry or about you personally. So the biggest thing is with Snapchat, what I did is like, all right, people follow me because they want to, they want to hear breakdowns about football, and I think that's what's made Twitter so popular, and I think that's what's going to make some other social media so popular down the road, is people want to be able to know the game better, they want to be able to talk to their buddies in a way to like, or, you know, maybe a girl that likes football or whatever. And, and they're like, Oh my gosh, how'd you know that? And you're like, I, I just know things, you know? So it, in that aspect, or, or it could be like with wrestling or where people want to learn how, you know, the stories of WrestleMania or about triple H or uh, some side note about how he learned how to do this or take a fall. You know, I enjoyed learning those stuff over the years. And I think that's just like a, a thing, whether somebody's listening to a podcast or whatever, they just want to learn something, gain knowledge, be entertained, and just not get bored with it. So if you're able to accomplish all those things, I think that's something that a lot of people enjoy.
2: Well, where did your expertise come from? Did you play high school football? Did you play college football? It, the way you break it down, it almost seems like you you have coaching experiences. Is that in your background as well, or is it just literally, you know, football is your favorite sport and you've just become, you know, almost obsessed with it?
3: Well, I mean, for me, the first thing was I played in high school and um, and I, I played left tackle, which for people who don't know, that's the blind side of the quarterback. And then I also played some left guard when they wanted somebody who had the proper footwork to be able to pull. Because when I My first, first year playing football, I had a former uh, college, uh, I had a coach who had played in college down at the University of Houston, and he worked with us every day and drilled us on proper footwork with, with pulling. So I learned it the right way from the beginning, and that was one of the strengths that I had was the proper footwork and the proper technique and the proper angle. So I was able to grow up with that, and I was able to build on that, and that was Kind of one of the strengths that coaches liked about me. Um, and so with that aspect, I had that. Then uh, my offensive line coach at Oak Park High School was named Ken Clemens. He's now the head coach at Oak Park. He's also been at Liberty North, Winnetonka, Raytown. He coached Alden Smith down there at Raytown and got him on the football field. And Alden turned that into a pretty good career at Missouri and with the 49ers and now the Raiders. So I, I was able to learn from Coach Clemens, taught me a ton about football, a ton of everything I know about offensive line, a majority of what I know about offensive line. Then from working, when I previously worked at uh, formerly known as Metro Sports, uh, I met a lot of football, former football players from over the years. So I'd get to pick the brain of Shane Ray when we had him, when we had him in a couple of years ago and hear his thoughts on stuff. I, I got to pick the brain of uh, one of our analysts, Richard Baldinger, Learned from him over the years. Learned from Bill Moss. Learned from Danny Hughes. And I learned from former Chiefs quarterbacks, Coach Terry Shea. And then he gave me one of his quarterbacking books. So I learned a ton about that. Another friend of mine, Stenson Dean, who I played against uh, when he was at Blue Springs, our senior year at high school. Stenson and I have been friends forever. And Stenson taught me a lot about the quarterback position as well. So all those people have been mentors along the way and have taught me a lot of what I know. And then you just watch – you watch a lot of football stuff over the years, and you listen to everything they say, and then the coaches film. When you get a chance to watch it, you see how teams manipulate, and you remember patterns and learn that type of stuff. And that that's just kind of how it all came together.
1: All right, so you've got the expertise. Let's use it now. Football is all the rage here, obviously. The Chiefs, uh, widely regarded as the best team in football. They lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers recently, and by the time this airs, uh, we will have seen how they fared in Oakland for Thursday night football. Can you can you talk me off the ledge here? Are you going to get me out of the dumps? Or are you going to give me a a, a a bad prediction for Thursday night? What do we got moving forward? What's what's your overall take on the Chiefs? Well,
3: I'd say uh, for initially going for Thursday night specifically, um, the biggest challenge the Chiefs have the Chiefs will have had against the Raiders uh, since this is going to be after the fact when people hear it is that. They played two physical games against the Houston Texans and yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers the week before. Right. Now, football's always physical, but those two defenses, they're really physical, and they're both playoff-caliber defense. So, in that regard, they, know, they understand how to play at a high level while the Cleveland Browns don't. Good. So, unfortunately, you're not playing the Cleveland Browns back-to-back weeks. You're playing two of the probably top ten defenses in the league in terms of talent and physicality. Um, so, in that regard, the Chiefs have well had two physical battles. They went on the road for one, came home for the other, and then they played, you know, the 325 game, but luckily Oakland played at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, there's not going to be a difference in that regard. Um, but they are going to be it, – it's just – what people don't people don't know and don't – until you see it in a person you don't understand, is the toll that the game takes on these players' bodies and how yeah. much – how much wear and tear they had. Because I remember watching Willie Roe whenever I was an intern at Metro back in 04. And it took Willie Roe five minutes to get from one side of the locker room to the other, mm. which for mm-hmm. most players, fifteen seconds stops. But it took him five minutes because of how bad his knees were. Then you would watch him on a Sunday, and you're like, the guy glides like he's 22 years old right. when it comes game day. And um, and that was always amazing to see him paint I remember he would just be – battered and bruised Monday, the day after a Sunday game. And for those guys, the recovery that it goes into, it's a full, it's almost a full-time job just recovering your body so that you're up to speed to be able to grind through everything. But that's going to be their biggest challenge against Oakland. Oakland's been struggling this year. Their offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, he doesn't have much coordinator experience and he's running a very simplistic offense right now that most NFL teams are picking apart. It's why Offensive line: Derek Carr, Marshawn Lynch, Amari Cooper—they're all having poor years because of that change at offensive coordinator. Because Bill Musgrave was the offensive coordinator last year, they fired him because they didn't think he ran the ball enough. Now they're <laughs> still really not running the ball effectively, and it, they have an even worse offense. So unfortunately, I, I think the Chiefs will come out of there to win. I could see them. I, I think they'll be out of there to win. I could see them being sluggish and maybe not kind of up to par for four quarters, but if I'm Andy Reid and I'm in his position, the thing that I would want to do is jump out to a 21-point lead if I can, then run the ball after that, let the defense play it out, and then just kind of, in some ways, in all honesty, kind of coast. But I wouldn't take the Steelers game of what happened. I wouldn't take that as a negative. The Steelers are the one team that know how to defend the Chiefs better than anybody in this league. So I'd have lost to him three times, three or four times, with Ben Roethlisberger. So I think it, I'm not as upset as with their loss of Pittsburgh. I would have liked to see more physicality, but I think that is going to help them down the road if they meet Pittsburgh in the playoffs, because those players are going to understand what it takes to beat Pittsburgh and what Pittsburgh tried to take away from them last time.
2: Well, one of the guys with the Kansas City Chiefs that's been an outstanding player and one of the outstanding players really in the NFL after five weeks has been Alex Smith. You know, his rap up until this year, was that he checks down even if he has a guy wide open, you know, streaking down the field. Now he's just throwing down the ball, to, you know, throwing the ball down the field to Kelsey and, uh, and Tyreek Hill and all these different weapons. What's been the difference from last year to this year? Is it uh, that the backup quarterback that we got, or a different offensive scheme? What's been the big change in his numbers?
3: Well, for Alex, when he first came here in two thousand thirteen. He had a chip on his shoulder, and he had something to prove. Andy Reid had something to prove, too. So the two of them together had to prove that they were better than the organizations that discarded both of them with the 49ers and the Eagles, respectively. So both of them wanted to prove their points that they're, they belong in this league and that they're, that they're good in this league. So Alex played with that chip on his shoulder, and he had a really good offensive line that kept him clean. And, uh, and and they kept him from taking any hits and he was able he felt comfortable, was able to go through his progression. And along the way, each and every year, there would be struggles after two thousand thirteen to where Alex didn't have as much time in the pocket. He got beat like a human pinata in two thousand fourteen and ended up having a a Mercury, I think it was a lacerated spleen in that Pittsburgh game because of how many times he'd gotten hit throughout the season. So Alex got a little gun shy, and then he would drop his head. He wouldn't go through all his progressions because the timer in his head of how long he had in that pocket, it kept speeding up. He's like, I got one second, two second, I'm going to get hit. No, I'm out. And then that's literally what's going on in his head. And instead of, okay, at this time, there's read one, read two, read three, that safety moved over, throw it. So it, it, just, it, it just souped up, and you saw that against Pittsburgh this past weekend that was some of the issues that Alex had is because the Steelers are trying to soup him up a little bit with some of their uh, three- and four-man rushes and some of the blitzes they're bringing off the overloads with the, with the corner blitz. So that was a part of it. Now, Alex's struggle that he had last year was that he wouldn't push the ball downfield at times. He wouldn't be aggressive because he didn't want to turn the ball over. And he felt that kind of pressure to do that. So then the Chiefs go out and get Pat Mahomes, a guy who's a gunslinger, He'll be reckless with the football. He doesn't care. He thinks he can make every throw, and in some ways, he can. And he's going to do that. So then that forced Alex to say, "You know what? This may be my last year in Kansas City. I don't know what is or isn't going to happen, and this is my career on the line. And I want to keep feeding my family. I keep wanting to make that 17 to 20 million. So for the, his first time in Kansas City, he had true competition, and that was that's what brought out the best in Alex to force him to throw the ball downfield. And the offensive line for the first four weeks gave him more time than he had had in previous seasons. And all those things combined, that's kind of what brought Alex to where he he, he had one of his better seasons. He's, he's been incredibly accurate for the most part this year. And his mechanics, you just have to give him time. That offensive line has to give him time. because mechanics are important for Alex to be accurate and for him to be successful. Mahomes can get away with some of that stuff just because of the pure arm talent he has. But there's not many quarterbacks in the league that can, outside of probably Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre when he played. Dante don't could chuck it down there. Vic could chuck it down there, even though it, he just, it just didn't have proper mechanics. So I think that's kind of what's been the difference for Alex this year.
1: Okay. So, and this is my far less educated take when watching is, you kind of mentioned the offensive line not giving them a whole lot of time in their recent loss to the Steelers. Uh, some of that should get shored up. We're hearing that DuVernay, Tardif, and Morris may be coming back soon within the next couple of weeks. But the wide receiver is what really scares me. Is there something they can do? If Conley's out for the year, Wilson is out now but likely to come back at some point, but, I mean, there's, they're really kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel in that department. Is there a way to fix that if they plan to go on a long run or a Super Bowl title?
3: Well, I, I would say Andy Reed's offense and this is kind of this is why they have who they have is Andy feels like in his offense that he can he can scheme it open. Mm-hmm. And he can he can use players as decoys if he needs to. So if he needs to if teams are gonna double team Travis Kelsey or Tyreek, then he can use that to his advantage and create a lot of woods and covers to where DeMarcus Robinson or Albert Wilson or or uh, Jehu Chesson or maybe Marcus Kemp if he comes back up or Kareem Hunt or Akeem Hunt or DJ Spiller now um, or Demetrius Harris, like, all those guys. Andy can manipulate getting anybody open on that offense. Like, Andy just – he has such a feel for teams' coverages and how to do it and how to adjust it to make it happen. So it's always kind of been that way where they don't necessarily get the big names or the big receivers because that's another problem you have. Say so you had Antonio Brown on that field right now, and he, he do, he's not getting the catches that he wants in Andy Reid's system. He's going to let Andy Reid know, and then Andy has to deal with uh, Prima Donna again, like he had to deal with with Terrell Owens in mm-hmm. Philly. And I think that kind of made Andy be like, you know, I, I really don't I don't need a diva receiver. I just need a fast receiver. So he dealt with Deshaun Jackson while he was there because Deshaun Jackson was what Tyreek Hill is in this offense for the Chiefs now. Mm-hmm. So, right. and then they had Macklin, who was a humble possession receiver at the time. So, I, I think Andy Andy's willing to have. I think Andy likes having a couple guys that have speed, but a lot more humble guys that are willing to work hard to be possession receivers. So, I think Andy likes. I think Andy likes the core he has, and I I don't see there being a lot of change there. And the other big problem is it normally takes receivers two years to learn Andy's system because the biggest thing that's the difference in Andy's is. Their routes are occasionally. Their routes are based on their the coverage that the defense is giving. So the play call may have been that they're going to do a dig route, which is a, a it could be a five, ten, or fifteen yard in route. But because the coverage is playing, because they're playing a cover two, there may be a, they may do an out route in a certain way, or they may have a a, a skinny post that splits the two safeties down the middle there and it's all based on the coverages. So there's there's a lot of adjustment there. And I know some players have said over the years that Navy's got more than 600 plays in the playbook. So you got, wow. you got a lot to learn.
2: Well, another guy that you had just mentioned was Kareem Hunt, and it seems like... Uh another great year for a running back in Kansas City. Can you explain to me cuz I was talking off air with some friends, how do we consistently have like top-level core or excuse me, top-level running backs in Kansas City? It seems like all the way back to Priest Holmes to then Larry Johnson to then, you know, Jamal Charles and then we had Ware and now we have Hunt. How is it that like running backs come to Kansas City and they're just like a top 5 running back instantly? Is it a coach, a scheme, the barbecue? What is it? It's got to be the barbecue. Uh,
3: it's, it's the barbecue, of course. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. No. Um. It, it. You know. Honestly, they just. I think they've been. They've been lucky and they've been. They've been fortunate enough because ever ever since. Uh, well, Marcus Allen. I mean, you can go back to Christian Okoye. That was mm-hmm. more of a scheme. Marcus Allen was more of a veteran leadership presence. He had very, very very uh, word at one point and um but then you had some lean years because you had you had greg hill there at one point and then you had Rashawn Sheehy and mike cloud and a lot of those guys okay. but yeah no i mean you're 100 right i mean from from 04 when you had priest to larry johnson then to jamal charles and then you throw in um and then from jamal you like you said you threw on spencer ware and now you're at kareem hunt i just a part of it is they they've some of the previous scouting departments honestly just got lucky. Um, Herm Edwards was a good eye for talent, and that's why Jamal came here because Herm, Herm could spot talent with the best of them. Why, how, why he's not an NFL GM in this league or a scout again, a veteran scout, I don't know because that's, that's where Herm, Herm was amazing at, that type of stuff, spotting players like that. Um, but John Dorsey and Brett Beach now – and that scouting department, they all had a they had a really good eye for talent. Whether it was a guy who's in the league or a guy that they were thinking about drafting, they just they the Chiefs are in really good hands with their scouting department right now and what they've had since 2013 to where they just know what works and what's going to fit their system and players shine here. And, and another big part of it is running backs coach Eric Bieniemy. That guy's one of the best in the league. I mean, if you ever listen to that guy, if you ever get a chance to go to practice and listen to that guy. I mean, he, he's relentless, he's passionate, and he instills a lot of quality traits in his players.
1: So, okay, the Steelers, they came in and they beat us. I was at the playoff game where they came in and they beat us. It seems like they, like you mentioned earlier, they really know how to handle the Chiefs on both sides of the ball. We have big playoff and Super Bowl aspirations. It seems like the Steelers are another team that can get to that that same level of play, how scared should we be if we draw the Steelers in the playoffs at some point?
3: Well, I I don't... I am i don't know if... Uh, first off, I'll say it depends on what injuries happen.
1: Sure. If a big
3: yeah. Ben gets hurt at some point, then it really doesn't matter what Pittsburgh does because sure. Landry Jones isn't leading them to the promised land. Yeah, um, right. And then, it, I mean, it, it, they could actually lose Le'Veon Bell and James Conner is actually a pretty legit... Right back, that uh, that Steelers sure. team, that kind of revolves around Ben and that offensive mm-hmm. line. So, if they start losing some of those offensive linemen and Big Ben, then the Steelers will sink pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, and you know, all honesty, it's really going to come down to how much is this coaching staff willing to change their game plan the second time they play Pittsburgh. Okay. That's honestly all it is because, I mean, when I watched the coaches film on Tuesday, Alex Smith left Four big plays on the field. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that it was all his fault. Oh, of course There, there was plenty of blame to go around in a whole bunch of areas. Um, but for Alex, he missed the Robinson touchdown, but that was because they didn't pick up the corner blitz coming off the right side. So Alex hurried up and overthrew it. Otherwise, that's seven points. Alex missed on the quad formation. He missed uh, Robinson wide open for a touchdown, or some people tried to say DeAnthony. Either way, he missed a he missed a wide open touchdown. So it's 14 points that he missed that wins them the ball game. Um, then he, there was two third downs that had he converted those, then that keeps the Chiefs' drive going, and they they may have gotten seven on the first one. They ended up settling for a field goal on that one, where he missed a hot route to the hill. Um, but then the second one that would have at least got him in field goal range, and Alex Alex had those issues. Um, Kenneth Acker missed uh, he didn't turn his head around quick enough to block the punter. Otherwise, Tyreek Hill takes the punt return for a touchdown at the end of the game, and the Chiefs win. So – and then, obviously, the defense couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the counter or the inside zones that Pittsburgh was running against them. Otherwise, if they do that, the offense gets more opportunities, and then they get in a better rhythm at some point, and then they score. But the key points that I found from watching coaches' film is that what Pittsburgh did – is they ran zone, they ran their zone coverages they wanted to force Alex, they wanted to take away Alex's short and intermediate throws. They wanted the chiefs to challenge him vertically. and the chiefs didn't for almost two and a half quarters, almost three before they started, before that Kareem Hunt play started kind of getting things going. Um, and then Pittsburgh went out of their way to take away the chiefs inside and outside zone runs. So they, would, they, had a, uh, they had an outside linebacker come back side, and they would take away that cutback run. Then they had a corner who would watch that jet sweep ghost motion and take that away. Then every single other player on that uh, – the other six defenders on that defense, they would fight for the outside shoulder, and they would shoot the gaps so that the line could never beat them to be able to get that edge to run. So they shut everything down. And the Chiefs never ran bootleg off that or play action – or anything of that nature that could have stopped Pittsburgh from doing that at some point. So the Chiefs are going to have to get more creative with their runs. They're going to have to shut down Pittsburgh's run game. And if they do those things, I mean, at the end of the day, Pittsburgh, you know, they didn't score 20 against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs left at least 14 points on the field. So I think they should be pretty confident that they can come back in if they play Pittsburgh again. I hope they see them again because I want to find out if – if they can right. beat the one team and one of the two teams that stand in their way of the Super Bowl.
2: See, Tim, I told you we get some insight here on the yeah, show with Nick I like Jacobs. It. I like it. Damn, I like this. All right. So, Nick, thank you again so much for your time. But before we get you out of here, uh, you know, the playoffs for baseball are about to wrap up. We got the World Series coming up, I think, next week. Uh, obviously, the Kansas City Royals did not make it this year. Kind of a disappointing season, although. I think it was kind of rebuilding mode as it was, but are you hearing anything about the Royals as far as uh, who we're bringing back, what we're trying to do for next year, or is it still kind of up in the air right now?
3: I I would say, honestly, I don't even think the organization knows right now. (laughs) Um, I think they, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the, and this is just an opinion. I wouldn't be surprised if they really don't want to figure out a way to get Hosmer back here because of a cornerstone that he is like, if they had to bring two guys back, I could totally see Hosmer and Moose being those guys. Sure. But I have a sneaky suspicion that Scott Boris, who is uh, both of their, if i remember correctly, he's both their agents. Uh, from what I read from Sam Mellinger's article in the Kansas City Star, Boris is asking eight years, 200 million for Hosmer on the open market in the next month or two. So if you're getting that rich, there's two teams that I see being willing to pay that price. And one of them is in the playoffs right now, but the New York Yankees. And then the other one would be the Boston Red Sox. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if Hosmer did leave, if he went to one of those two teams, or maybe he would go to the Marlins and kind of go back home where some of his family lives. For Mustakis, I could to- totally see him in, a, in an Angels uniform. And I could, I could see him going back home to California where some of his family lives. Gosh. But I think both of them are going to max out the money they can make. Uh, Lorenzo Cain's kind of hitting that wall where he's starting to get more and more injured, unfortunately. His body's just going to break down because of what age he is and how incredibly fast he is and everything that he does on that baseball field as a fielder. The, the guy's fantastic at it, and he just he's had some bumps and bruises here. And Escobar... I think they probably kind of want to go more with uh, with Merrifield and and even uh, <clears throat> and Mondesi, and I think they kind of want to let those two guys kind of develop together. And mm-hmm. I think it's a unique thing where I don't think I think if Dayton had his choice, I personally believe that Dayton would want to keep Hosmer and Moose, and then just rebuild the rest with them, sure. so that those two guys could have another World Series run in the next probably five to eight years. Um, it may not take that long, but you just have to have that kind of time and window to expect that much. But I, I think Dayton is probably – he's probably got plan A. I can get at least one or, or both of those guys back, depending on the market. Or he's got plan B to where I'm rebuilding this whole thing from scratch. But at the end of the day, all of us got to see a World Series in our lifetime, which I honestly never thought we were going to do. Yeah. Uh, we all got to see a parade and experience a championship parade which I never thought we were going to do either. I thought it would be a Chiefs parade at Union Station, but it was a Royals parade, and it was amazing. And I think it made this town win a championship even even more and more in the future. But Dayton did what he promised. He said he was going to bring a World Series here. He did. They had a great four-year run there where what he promised came together. They had some injuries last year. Then this year, I, I think the Ventura thing really kind of took some wind out of their sail and losing a teammate like that and just being reminded on the road about that every time, like, you know, your Dondo should be here with us right now. You know, I, I want to hear him laughing after this game that we won, or man, we'd be talking about this after a loss. And I, I think that kind of weighed on for a while. And then I think baseball kind of helped distract them there when they got hot a little bit there towards middle of the year. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate that Dayton let them finish it out together. So none of us were left wondering – did they sell too soon? Did they do this or do that? And I appreciate that. And also I heard Dayton in his press conference say this week that he looked to find what value he could get for each player. And if he wanted to do it properly, he would have sold it after the world series. He would have traded off players left and right, but he wanted to keep that core together. So he gave him that time. And then he even checked last year. He said in his press conference today that he checked to see what the value of some people were and the return wasn't worth giving them another shot that he wasn't going to get enough that could help speed up the next process to where maybe it's only two years before they're competitive again, you know, maybe three years. It sounded like what he was going to get was still going to put him in the same situation that they're going to find themselves in now.
1: All right. Well, longer time will tell us what happens with the Royals. Less time will tell us what happens with the Chiefs, and we'll have to have you on here mm-hmm. a couple more times. You know, kind of give us a good Kansas City sports update. But in the meantime, if people want to find you, get your expertise, where do they get at you?
3: Uh, ideally, Twitter at Jacob seventy one. That's where I I probably spend entirely too much time on there and okay. more time than I should. Right. So. You know, uh, that would be the spot.
1: Okay. Well, and, and what is your Twitter handle? Uh, at Jacob71. There it is. All right. So go find them there. Obviously, check out 41 Action News. They'll keep you up to speed and all that. This has been really fun and, and informative, man. I, I feel like I, I, I'm i a little talked off the ledge with the Chiefs.
3: Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, they, they are going to be perfectly fine. I thought they were going to lose. When I predicted it back in August when I had to write an article on it, I thought they'd lose to the Patriots. Um, to the Steelers, to the Raiders this Thursday, and then to the Cowboys. And I thought they'd be four. Uh, I thought they'd be, you know, kind of in that four, five, and four range at the end of their bye week. But the way things are going right now, I I could see them going anywhere between twelve and four to fourteen and two. Okay, so come on I, with I wouldn't. I, like I wouldn't worry too much about it. I really don't. I will be surprised if they lose more than four games this year. It's because they had a serious injury that they couldn't overcome.
2: Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Chiefs win the Super Bowl. You heard it here. Nick
3: Jacobs. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about Super Bowl, but they have a Super Bowl caliber team. Trust me. I want to see a Super Bowl in my lifetime. I've already seen a World Series. I want to get greedy. I want to see a Super Bowl. I want to know what that feels
1: like. Yeah, me too. Of course.
3: And I want the hat and the shirt. And the commemorative commemorative sports illustrated book that they give after the
1: team wins but yeah. right get at him on twitter and he'll send you his address to send all those things when and if that happens hey uh, nick this has been really fun we appreciate you coming on man.
3: uh guys my pleasure
1: all right thanks well team action. i told you
2: didn't i tell you i said this guy knows his stuff and uh, he
1: knows his stuff he knows his stuff and he knows the chiefs are winning the super bowl
2: yeah, you heard it here on Tim and Tom, right here. I, I'm no, it was great. I I really like uh, that he explained, you know, his credibility when it comes to football, understanding what footwork is, because we could easily find some game film and then tell you that the left guard should be pulling or that the right tackle should be going sure. to the second level, but we don't know what we're talking about. No. This guy does. He knows, obviously, from mentors that he worked with at Metro Sports in his uh playing days in high school like the, there's some real concrete you know information given to you uh, especially on a Snapchat and on his uh Twitter as well uh it's really good i follow him on both and uh definitely recommend it
1: i like it all right man well let's take a break and come back and fill all the listeners in on what is happening around town this Week slash weekend, but you've got to stick to the break to find that out when we come back to Tim and Tom.
2: Fun fact an alligator's immune system can fight HIV.
0: Tim and Tom. Tim Tom Tim and Tom Tim and Tom Tim and Tom Tim and Tom Tim and
1: Tom I sure wish I knew what to do this week, Tom.
2: Well, Tim, I will give you some ideas. Now, this isn't a full list. And if you want more of a full list, uh, visit our social media sites on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, things like that. And you can get more mm-hmm. of an understanding of what's going those, down.
1: Those are at Tim and Tom Casey, So Facebook.com, Tim and Tom KC, mm-hmm. Twitter, Tim and Tom uh-huh. Casey, Instagram, Tim and Tom Casey. Uh-huh. We'll even have Tim and Tom KC.com soon. It has been purchased, but it is not fully up and operational yet.
2: Yeah, coming soon. So. Uh, With that being said, here's some highlights coming up uh, this coming weekend. Mm -hmm. First, we've got uh, UpDown is celebrating Halloween, Friday, October 27th. UpDown will have an 80s music video party throughout the bar and a costume contest that starts at 9 p.m. with winner announced at 11 p.m. They'll have prizes uh, for top costumes and drink specials for everyone. So uh, as you listened on our first episode – with uh david from up down this place is amazing in the crossroads area all different type of arcade uh vintage games a great atmosphere over 75 different beers and now on friday october 27th you get to dress up in your favorite 80s music video theme party come on with it
1: that's gonna be super fun man And, and up Down's just fun to begin with but i can imagine everybody now dressed up uh, with the idea that I'm going to come there dressed up and let loose and have a fun time, which they already do going to Up Down, so oh,
2: yeah, yeah. I couldn't
1: imagine a more fun thing to do.
2: Definitely. So that is going to be Friday, October 27th. Now, on Saturday, October 28th, Yeah. let me get into what we got going on. Uh-huh. Actually, let me uh, correct myself. It is Friday, October 27th. I read that incorrectly at first. So Friday, also on October 27th, we have Katy Perry kissed Uh a girl. She liked it, and so did I, obviously. I have a girlfriend. I kissed a girl. (laughs) I liked it. Uh, But Katy Perry will be in concert (laughs) at the Sprint Center from 730 to 1030. Katy Perry,
1: are you a fan? I mean, I... She's good at what she does. I'm not necessarily a fan of that music or scene of it, you know, but uh, clearly hadn't gotten this far by sucking. So, well, I mean, who knows? Um, But you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know what I mean? She's clearly good at what she does or else she wouldn't be in the position she's in. So,
2: right? Yeah, I think she's great. Uh, I think she does a really good job at being a pop singer. And if you like pop music, she's, you know, her, Taylor Swift, even though they have that little beef, I think they both do Wait, well. Wait, hold on. They got a beef? Yeah. You didn't know about this? No. What? Yeah, Taylor Swift and Katy Perry hate each other. Yes. And it's Why? all because of like hiring backup dancers, and one person did it behind the other person's back, and they don't <laughs> like that. Yet yeah, all of these diss songs that they have are about each other. They hate each other.
1: That's great. I was unaware of this. That's bad. Yeah, that's, that's look at that, like that.
2: Google Taylor Swift versus Katy Perry if you're ever bored, and, and you'll your, get and, a lot of fun information. And
1: your epic music beefs of all time. Where do you of place? Course. Where do you place Perry and and,
2: and Swift? Oh, probably a hundredth. <laughs> or probably okay. second, with everything else tied up first.
1: Yeah, right. Okay,
2: all and right. Second all right, okay. Everything else tied up first. All right, so hey, let's go check also, her out. Uh, also forgot to mention because I was a little bit jumbled because I'm doing this with one hand, and I apologize about that. But Up Down is also doing another uh, event on saturday october 28th with a 90s music video playing throughout the bar costume contest again starting at nine with the winner announced at uh, 11 they'll have prizes for top costumes and drink specials for everyone so wow. not only on friday you get the 80s saturday you get the 90s
1: i like that oh you dropped
2: it didn't you oh i got Tom, ten you stuff dropped it shoulder. that really hurt really bad yeah. not why that one really hurt here, give me a little bit of a bumper so I can uh, get to my next event here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tom over there is trying very hard to to bring you these events, and he's doing it one handed, and that involves computers and a mouse, and that's kind of difficult. I tell you to what, do, doing you know? it
2: one handed is not fun. But here we go. Let's get into Boo <laughs> well, we at depends. the Zoo. Mark your calendars for Boo at the Zoo on Saturday, October twenty eighth, and Sunday, October twenty ninth. They will have treats to go along with tricks. Children's w- children will. Play trick or treat at the zoo while enjoying Halloween themed activities and entertainment. You can skip, hop, crawl, or waddle to trick or treat <laughs> stations with the zooiest of gooeyest treats in town. The zooiest of gooiest treats? Their word's not mine. Uh, yeah. Put on your favorite costume and join the zoo animals for a uh, great day of not only. Uh, Fun animals, but spooky activities.
1: I like it. See, these are some fun events. There's many, many more. There is never a shortage of stuff to do in the greater Kansas City metro area, uh, probably within even walking distance of you. There's always stuff going on, but these are some highlights. Uh, go check out online. Check out our social media stuff. Big thanks to Nick Jacobs, 41 Action News, uh, clueing us in on the Chiefs and why uh, the season is not lost and why they will. Be Super Bowl champs. Get ready for a red parade, Kansas City. Yep, get ready for it here, Chief Super Bowl champs. Yep, we called it first. We're probably not even close to first. So, this has been fun, man. I like this show. Well, and
2: I don't even think he really said it, but we're going to say that he said it.
1: Right, right. So, uh, the takeaways. Uh, stop harassing women. Stop sexually assaulting people, period. Be nice to each uh, don't other.
2: Don't hurt your shoulder. Don't hurt your shoulder. Just be nice to each other. Like, why are we... Come on. Right? Be nice to others and your body. That should be the theme of this week's episode.
1: And we'll come back next week. We're scheduled to have Dr. Alan Katz of the American Public Square, which should be real fun and interesting given the current political climate. So that'll be fun uh, to get into, and uh, we're looking forward to that. We will see you next week right here on Tim and Tom.
2: Fun fact, the average three-hour baseball game only contains 18 minutes of game action.